Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Summer or Winter Olympics. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. It's that magical time of year, Mark, where we surprise one another. Yeah. Topics. <laughs> so this is all unresearched, completely off the cuff. I hope maybe you at least have done a little research if you're going to be surprising me. Or is no. this we're just we're just flying by the seat of our pants here? No, we've done none. I'm, I'm penniless. I'm flying by the seat of my pants. Ooh, Hamilton. We have each selected a topic without the other one knowing what it is. When yeah. I say what it is out loud right now, it will be the first time Mark will have heard it. I have no idea what's going to happen today. <laughs> I can't is- even talk straight already. I'm nervous. Years ago. This was suggested Uh by Hunter Proctor. I don't have the dates that things are suggested, but I know that this one is an older suggestion. Because it came from Friendster? Because it came from Friendster before it became a gaming site across all. Like it was bought by some Asian company, then turned into a game site, but probably made it more successful than it ever was as a. Is it still around? Yeah, it's still a version of it still exists. Not what it once was. Like Affleck and uh, J-Lo. A version of it still exists, but it's not what it once was. No, it's better. Yeah, they're older and wiser now. Exactly. God bless them. What's your topic? The topic, and I made sure we had not done this before. (laughs) Okay. I looked. So before, this is one of those where I thought, surely we've done this. Why is it still on the list? But it has not been done. Okay. Every two years. (laughs) Okay. The best athletes from around the world gather to compete for medals. You have the Summer Olympics. And yeah. then two years later, you have the Winter Olympics. And we, we haven't done this? We've done the best Winter Olympics event. We've done the best Summer Olympics event. Never have we discussed whether the Summer Olympics are better than the Winter Get Olympics. Get out of here. Mark, that is what we are going to discuss right here, right now. No kidding. Well, I'm happy for this. I didn't know that we had not covered this topic. It seems like one that we have our master list. I thought, oh, I got to remember to go through and clear some of these off. No, uh, that we've I have done. the list. I, yeah, I went through the list of everything we've recorded. Mm-hmm. And it's this is it. We have to. Pay. Well, let's talk sports, my friend. It's a beautiful Sunday. Now, for the first time ever, Hal can hear himself in his headphones in a recording. Through <laughs> <laughs> the magic of an adapter and learning how to do something, I can now hear my own voice. And all I can say is, you're all welcome. I didn't realize it sounded this good. This it's is delightful. So, you know, when I tell people I'm a voice actor, they go, I can hear it in your voice. And I think oh, when I speak, what I hear is, hi, everybody. How's it going? I'm sweet. How? When, you guys want to hang out about this with cartoon license for you? When you speak, I hear wah, 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 wah. <laughs> I always thought it was the, the far side where the guy's talking to his dog, Ginger, and he's like, Ginger, you need to sit, Ginger, and then we're going to have dinner, Ginger, and then I'm going to take you for a walk, Ginger. And then what the dog hears is blah, 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 Ginger, blah, 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 Ginger, blah, 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 Ginger. <laughs> So yeah. I'm disheartened to learn it's only trumpet noises. Oh, no. Well, that those sentences that I said didn't have my name in them. Mm, I, that's all. Let me do a sentence with my name in it. Please. La, 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 la. Mark. La, la, la. Mark. La. <laughs> that's what I hear. 
Oh, every adult's voice in Peanuts is the sound of failure. If you think about it, <laughs> wah, wah. well, like, to be is... fair, every adult, because you, you can't really see them ever, they are mm-hmm. constantly losing a Price is Right game. <laughs> as they, at whatever is happening in the classroom or at home, they are losing Plinko. If the children of that Minnesota neighborhood mm-hmm. are experiencing the level of existential dread at all moments that they are, <laughs> how bad do you think it is when those kids gain another level of self-awareness in adulthood? That has got to be the saddest. Oh, the town motto is what does it all matter anyway? I thought that was the state motto in Minnesota. That's why all the kids are like, they can go and like, Hey, can I go sit on the pumpkin patch all night and wait for someone to come and give me presents? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Doesn't matter. I'm just going to sit here and listen to emo music. The great emo music of the Vince Guaraldi trio. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that, that music does pack an emotional wallop. But we're listen. not here to pack, a, uh, talk about the packing mm-hmm. of an emotional wallop of music about a Minnesota um, town. Which you, this is the first time ever I knew that that was Minnesota. Well, it's where he grew up. I assume it was patterned yeah, after. I, I didn't know his biography. Listen, you kids do whatever you want. I'm just going to sit here, listen to someone slowly drag a brush stick over a snare drum for a half hour. Anyway, let's talk about the Olympics. Olympics. Let's talk about the Olympics. Right. Now, we, we have a recency bias here because we mm-hmm. just got through the Summer Olympics. They were delayed for a year, but they finally did happen. You're an Olympics watcher. Oh, yeah. The Olympics are my favorite. Yes. I love it because the Olympics is, and I probably talk about this in many of our, uh, in any of our other Olympic episodes, but I, it's the perfect version of sports for me mm-hmm. because it's, here is how the sport works. Here's some big, loud fanfare and pomp and circumstance. And then here's how this sport works. Here is who the major contenders are in this sport. Here is the American in this sport and a little uh, video about their life. Uh, and then here is the event and go. So you know who you're rooting for. You know who's likely to win. You know, who, you know what I mean? So there's everything yeah. is laid out for me. So I don't have to do any prep work to know exactly what's going on. And I get invested so fast, instantly into a narrative. And I think that the narratives that arc all the way through for a whole Olympics, rather than just like one event, one day, one moment, like the U.S. women's gymnastics team during the summer or the, you know, U.S. speed skating team in the Winter Olympics. Like we have different teams that America is great at. So those are the sports that we root for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's it's a and it's just the Parade of Nations is great. I love watching the Parade of Nations in its entirety every time. Yeah, it's uh, I love the Olympics. What about you? I do too. I, I, I watched them here and there as a child. It was honestly when my mother passed away early August, 2008 and Mm -hmm. right. I think it was either during the Olympics or the Olympics were about to begin. So one thing that I remember being of comfort during that time where you're just sort of struck with grief was escaping into the Olympics and really sitting and watching it. And that was, that was Michael Phelps first huge summer. He had already won a bunch of medals before, but I think he won like eight medals, mm-hmm. some, some crazy number of gold medals at that Olympics. And ever since then, I will watch almost any Olympic event. I, I like to see the events that I wouldn't normally watch. I, I dipped into archery a little bit more this year, which is <laughs> a, it's incredible to watch these archers yeah. and these people spend four years training mm-hmm. for these these 11 days or, or however long it is, 11, 12, however many days of the Mm -hmm. Olympic games. And then if they're lucky, they get to go compete again and keep training. Yeah. So 
it's just there are sports where you can compete well into a more advanced stage. There are some where it is more difficult to compete the older you get. Mm-hmm. And so there are a ton of built-in stories. Now, it's fair it's fair warning that we're going to be coming at this from an American bias. Oh, yeah. So the, our, t- the things that we are the, – the, the sports that we think are the biggest, most impressive sports in a either Olympics is what the American team is good at. So we think that the biggest sport in the Summer Olympics is gymnastics and swimming because we are great at gymnastics and swimming. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the Winter Olympics, the Canadian team is going to, you know, everything is about hockey and curling. But the Norse team is going to be everything's about skiing. You know, every, it's like whatever your country is good at, I think. So, yeah, we're going to focus a lot on what America is good at. So why don't we start there? Let's start with. What are America's great teams between the Summer Olympics and the Winter Olympics? Well, I mean, you have to start with men's basketball ever since 1992, which was the first dream team. I still have somewhere in Philadelphia a clipping of a game they played against Angola where they won like 125 to 48. That seems mean. (laughs) It was mean, but it also was mean. It literally was a dream team to think about all of these players. Every great American basketball player. And Christian Leitner. And the one college <laughs> player on that team was Christian Leitner. Out of who was a jerk to my brother at basketball camp when he went to Duke basketball camp as a kid. See? Nobody yeah. likes Christian Leitner. He's one of the great <laughs> villains in basketball history. Oh, and yeah. Even more so that he is on that team as opposed to <laughs> a number of other great college players from that period of time. Although Christian Leitner was a great one. It made sense. I knew back then. Not even watching college basketball, he's definitely going to be on that team. So there is something to say for for the dominance mm-hmm. of the U.S. in basketball, but also other teams. Australia had a really, really great run this year. France had a good team. Like there are a lot of pro players now who have come over from Europe and from other nations. So they'll go back and play for their home countries or if they have dual mm-hmm. citizenship, they can play for the country that they're from that one of their parents is from to honor them. So it's much more competitive and exciting to watch. I, I think Olympic basketball is a lot of fun. The 3x3 yeah. that they that they introduced this year was even more fun because it was so fast-paced. Mm-hmm. Do you generally, do you gravitate toward a sport that happens year-round, but the Olympic version of that sport? I guess all the sports happen year-round, but some to a more high-profile degree, they're on prime time on American television. Yeah. Like, will you gravitate toward hockey in the Winter Olympics and basketball in the Summer Olympics? No. I like to watch events that I don't normally – I watch a lot more track and field because Jennifer mm-hmm. follows – like She's a runner. Some, yeah. So yeah. She follows steeplechase runners and some of those mm-hmm. track runners. So we'll watch <laughs> – Steeplechase, is that the one with uh, hurdles over ponds? With the hurdles over ponds and hurdles <laughs> – like they run and then there are hurdles and then they jump over a bigger hurdle into a pond, like like one that a horse would yeah. jump over, which is steeplechase needs a horse to, race. Steeplechase needs to get made into a full-on double dare course. Yeah. It is. It is. A like if there was a big ear that. that you have to run through to get a flag and then, yeah, I want the double dare version. To me, track and field is the Olympics. When I think of the yeah. of the Summer Olympics, I think of track and field. Is it because of the uh, old Nintendo game track and field? That is probably a big part of it. <laughs> the one that came out in 88. Yeah, that game's amazing. But but if you had a if you had a NES Max or a NES Advantage, you, all you had to do was hold down A and then you won everything. Yeah. Or if you had a power pad. You would just sit and slap it. You'd sit on the ground and slap it with your hands like you're playing the bongos really fast. Yeah, it's funny. Like, I, I guess they divide because we just had the Summer Olympics and they divide them up 
it seems. I am, but again, I don't know how much of this is coverage, but I think that this really is the way that they've divided it up because they'll do a week of swimming and gymnastics and then they'll do a week of the track and field stuff. So you're more into that second week of the Olympics. Yeah. Well, no, all throughout. Or does it just I feel like more Olympic y because it's in the place where the big ring is and where the torch always is? So like, it's yeah. always in the arena where they have the parade of nations. So that yeah. feels more Olympic. And also the decathlon, the person who wins the golden decathlon is widely considered to be the greatest athlete mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah. Because they are, they have mastered all of these different things. There was a woman and I cannot remember where she was from, but she meddled in all three distance runs, like these insane distance runs and, and watching her at work was like there. I've never seen a runner control a race like this at different distances like at a certain point you're running what feels like a marathon like half a marathon almost yeah and and she just hangs in the back and then at the end puts the burners on and doesn't even look like she's putting an effort and blows past everyone that is an amazing thing to watch as it's amazing to watch skiers and the control mm-hmm. they have over their bodies when they're slaloming or when they're racing downhill or ski jumps like there mm-hmm. are They're just incredible acts of athleticism. Some of those acts of athleticism you're talking about, though, and we'll get I'm going to get back to the Summer Olympics and the great teams in a second. Yeah. But it just made me think when you mentioned like uh, skiers who can do that perfect, you know, keep their body in perfect form in that sort of like Zen mode. It feels like there are a lot more sports in the Winter Olympics whose goal is just don't die, like be perfectly still (laughs) and don't die. The ski jump being one of them yeah the uh bobsleds the luge the, the luge. skeleton oh it's gosh. just stay as get your muscles exactly where they need to be lean the tiniest slightest little bit when you need to and just don't die I, and when i watch people doing the luge the luge skeleton you're on your you're on your stomach uh I, yes I, I get i get confused between the luge and the skeleton the one you're on it's your just back. which way you're facing right or where you're the skeleton i think which is a, a terrifying name for an event because <laughs> it feels like what, what everyone yeah. would be like. They're just skeletons the whole way through. They're like, join us. Right. Be one of us. Or that's what's at the bottom of the hill is just a big pile of skeletons. Yeah. It just looks like the thuggy temple from Indiana Jones. <laughs> if I were losing and I want, you know, they're holding and their feet are in because they're steering with their feet. My butthole would clench up so much. <laughs> it would pop out of my stomach like an alien. I don't know how they do it. That just feels like at this point, you're just, it feels like hoping, but they're actually doing things to get, they're doing these small adjustments to control. Yeah. That's the thing, like, and their speed. the idea that you're moving that quickly, but just like the tiniest little quick twitch muscle fiber action yes. of a millimeter is going to make the difference between a gold medal and a silver medal. What that does though to a viewing audience, I think is, because we can't necessarily slow-mo see the athleticism in that. You know, like, mm-hmm. Trainer and Walsh, you can see their shoulders when they bump, set, and spike a volleyball. Sure. What Luge and Bobsled and Skeleton look like to me is just one of the mannequins of the thuggy guards from Indiana Jones just getting <laughs> slid down a mountain. <laughs> yeah. That's my Wilhelm <laughs> To a Wilhelm, Wilhelm scream. <laughs> <laughs> If that was the uh, launch noise yep. instead of a gunshot, if at the beginning of uh, of any of those just toss you down a mountain events, uh, they just you hear a Wilhelm scream. <laughs> That's what sounds. Yeah, 
And then they have to do the, they have to do their version of the steeplechase, which is the Wiley Coyote course, which is the luge, but there are individual cacti just lining down the middle of the course. Ow, 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 ow. And there's a fork in the road where there's an actual dark (laughs) tunnel and then just a dark tunnel painted onto a brick wall. (laughs) And you have to pick. You know, now that I can hear myself, I can hear how good I am at doing the Wilhelm scream. That, you should, you know what, you'll, what'll make it sound better? Just unplug your headphones. Okay, let me try that real quick. Yeah. Nope, I was wrong. How was that? Was that, that was better? That was I great. Was with the dog at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's better with a dog. Everything is better with a dog. Right. So let's talk about, cause I want to talk yeah. about just like, let's lean into our American pride in this for a second. And, uh, cause that is the POV that we're coming at this from. We're talking great American teams. Do we have, I think the summer Olympics are going to have to have the advantage on that to the winter Olympics. I'm, I'm not, I'm talking individual. I'm talking individual teams like the 92 or the, uh, I guess the 92 women's gymnastics was also amazing, but in general. Well, the, t- the yeah, the women's gymnastics have had amazing teams the last several yeah. years. They've been yeah. dominant. And it's a fun rivalry we've always had with Russia in that regard. I would argue. Mm-hmm. That the greatest U.S. team in Olympic history, Miracle on 19, Ice, is the Miracle on Ice, the 1980 yeah. men's. That was that's Olympics. the one I was I was thinking of when I was thinking about like great iconic American moments in Olympics. Yeah, that's the Miracle on Ice. I mean, they made a movie about it for Pete's sake. Yeah, that is a. I mean, everything about that is perfect. From mm-hmm. the fact that the Miracle on Ice game wasn't even the final, they had to beat Russia again which they did to win the gold. But you have that call from Al Michaels, which he didn't realize, you know, he didn't have that planned out. That's just a spontaneous moment from one of the best sportscasters in history. Yeah. So it's almost hard to top that for a moment either, just because of what it meant, not only in the context of the U S returning to relevance in ice hockey and really being a powerhouse and Mm -hmm. be able to take down this team that was unbeatable, but also in the context of the geopolitical stage at the time, because as much as the Olympics are a break from the things that are happening in the world, at a certain, mm-hmm. it, it is in a certain way, those things are put under a microscope also at the same time. So yeah. these rivalries, which are for the athletes probably are not as big a deal in terms of my country versus your country, but we put that pressure and we project that onto them. So they become proxies. Yeah. yeah. So to defeat the Soviets in 1980, Mm-hmm. was a huge, huge deal. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. And I think that, uh, I think that that's one of America's great winter Olympic powerhouses was that particular team. You've also got the American figure skating, American figure skating, another huge through the years. We've always had great figure skaters. Yes. I'm trying to think of other things that we dominate in the winter Olympics though. Uh, snowboarding, snowboarding. Oh yeah. Sean White. Got Sean White. We got uh, Paulo Antonono back in the day. Yeah, speed skating. I mean, different times, different different eras. Yeah, events. But but by and large, I think ice hockey is probably the most famous thing from a U.S. perspective. The Winter Olympics. I mean, we still win a ton. We're a large country that can put a lot of resources towards training athletes. Sure, but we don't have the Alpine tradition that Northern right. Europe has for the Winter Olympics, and Russia has. Do you want to break this? So here's the, if we look at which Olympics has had for us the greatest team, then the Winter Olympics gets a point. Yes. But if we look at which has 
more American, like um, we have more Americans to root for more consistently that we all come together. And I mean, look, we all come together and root for everybody, but gold medal contenders that fire everyone up. I think we have more of those in the summertime. We have some great female downhill, downhill skiers. That's true. Like we have a lot, but I, yes, in terms of overall, Lindsay Vaughn, she was our incredible skier. Yeah. Our greatest of all time. So yeah, we have a lot of people who could win a gold medal every time out and we're a threat to win a gold medal every time Mm -hmm. out, which is a, an absolute privilege in because our company is a, our, our country has a ton of resources to help very gifted athletes compete. Yeah. You know, we don't make the athletes great, but. They're provided the opportunity, although they should be financially supported way more than they are. And there are some really interesting documentaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one from Michael Phelps about these gold medal winners and the toll it takes mentally to compete at that level. And you have no money. If you're lucky, you have sponsorships. If you're lucky, you get to cash in afterwards a little bit, but yeah. it, you know, you're coming out of pocket a lot of times and, and it's, it, it's not, it's not glamorous. There's nothing glamorous about any of it. But uh, I want to talk about the which Olympics has the weirdest event. One individual event, which is weirder than the other. Okay. Well, I know what the weird event is for the Summer Olympics. Which is it? Speed walking. I was going to say speed walking, too. I would yeah. also throw dressage in there because it's just a dancing horse. <laughs> but, but that also is, you know, I mean, that's the horse winning the, the medal. Yeah. The person on the back is just like the, is the coach. Mr. Fancy Holmes is dancing yeah. the cha-cha. Look yeah, I guess. Go. <laughs> he goes to the side, he goes in the circle, he goes up and down, he goes front and back, he's a dancing horse. And yes, then why is it that you who should be wearing the medal at the end of this? I'm the one dancing around, I'm the one prancing. Exactly. Look at, look what my hooves can do. Look, it's, look at this little flit of my tail. Is that worth a gold medal? Of course it is, but it is worth a gold medal around my neck or yours. So you think the colonel, was it the horse, the colonel in, in 101 Dalmatian? No, the sheepdog. <laughs> Was the colonel. The horse was, uh, it was the cat, the horse. Was the horse the one? It was, you know what no. it, was? it was? I watched 101 Dalmatians and Lady and the Tramp, uh, yeah. and both of them have that, like, let's meet wayward animals along the way. So I get yeah. all of the wayward animals from those two movies confused. A lot of animals that are like, we probably have mange. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, speed walking is so weird because it looks like they all have to pee and it's something that we all do. Like I've seen that walk. Like it's a, it's a mom mom's in at Bloomingdale's, but the other anchor store is where everybody has to meet at three forty five, <laughs> and it's three forty, and she's chugging it along. It's not going to run because yeah. it's not that serious, but it is like, well, I better, I'm going to scoot my booty. Like that's, that's what I feel like the speed walking. Speedwalking speed walking. to me always looks like when you're at the pool and you're running and the lifeguard says, hey, no running. And you do <laughs> the absolute maximum that you can do that is technically not running. <laughs> you can be like, I'm not running. I'm not running. This isn't running. But like you're maxing out your one foot on the ground at all times. It also looks like if a cartoon cobra, the one that comes out of the basket, is given <laughs> legs and like told like, all right, try walking. They're like, is this how you do it? Do you do it like this where you go side to side with your hips and just give them a shake? You can't have both. You can't have your feet leaving the ground, can you? You have to keep those on the ground. That's the whole point of feet. But what do I know? I'm used to being on the ground my entire body at all times. 
Just ask my parents, right, parents? <laughs> oh, stop using my full name. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to continue the discussion and we are going to determine once and for all if the Summer Olympics or the Winter Olympics are come out triumphant. Who's standing at the top of the medal? It's not even going to be a bronze. It's just gold and silver in this one, baby. That's right. We'll be right back. Hey, folks, it's me, James Arthur M., host of Minority Corner, your home through these wild times for weekly doses of pop culture, history, news, nerdy stuff, and more through a BIPOC queer and allied lens. Sexy ass from Moonlight, who was in the third act of Moonlight, Trevante Rhodes, who was like, Oh, I'm all grown up and uh, uh, I work, and I work, I work out. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Let me have a case. This is just, you know what? It's been a long pandemic, girl. What are you doing now to deconstruct this system? He basically did a covert genocide of black people. So join me and some of your new BFFs every Friday here on Maximum Fun to stay informed, empowered, and have some fun. Minority Corner, because together, we're the majority. I'm Judge John Hodgman. And I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Ten years ago, I came on Jordan Jesse Go and judged my first dispute. Is chili a soup? It's a stew, obviously. The judge has dispensed a decade of justice. He's the one person wise enough to answer the really important questions. Like, should you hire a mime to perform at your own funeral? After they cry, I want them to laugh. Do you really need a tank full of jellyfish in your den? They smell like living creatures decaying. (laughs) Only if they are decaying. Yeah, which they will be. Real people, real justice, real comedy. Winner of the Webby Award for Best Comedy Podcast. The Judge John Hodgman Podcast, every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org. And we're back. Let's talk about the weird events of the Winter Olympics. And if anything can stand up to speed walking, obviously curling has got to yeah. be on there. Although it makes sense. It's curling is, curling like, even feels more. Yeah, it feels more real of a sport than... I mean, curling's a real sport. It's just, yeah. <laughs> and it's definitely no speed walking. Is speed walking, does speed walking lose a point for the Summer Olympics? No, I think the weirdest one gets a point. Okay. I think it's they get to, point, they then. get to be the weirder one, but curling, I'm with you on curling that it is. It's, it's also like where some of them are just try not to die on this mountain. Curling seems like just try not to slip and fall on this ice. It's like, here is a here is some ice to stand on and a task to do. Who can do a task best while standing and walking on ice? Yeah, it's fascinating to me how precise it is and how even the people with the brushes, because I think that's the part. That's the hard part. That really makes people like like there are two people with push brooms from Lowe's out there and they're scrubbing the ice. Yeah. But there's a reason why they're trying to get it a little bit further. But you can see them. They stop at one point and they're going like they have to sort of figure it out. Uh, so there is a, there is a level of skill to that that I think is, is really impressive. I, I do, there's a, an event I think is weirder. Oh, okay. Oh, is it? Let me guess. Go ahead. <laughs> is it the James Bond of events? Go on. Does it involve skiing and shooting? Of course it does. <laughs> the biathlon. <laughs> the biathlon is so weird. Uh, yeah, it is skiing and shooting a rifle. It's cross country skiing. Yeah. It's not even going downhill and then you hunt. And this is it. This mm-hmm. is another Alpine tradition where you would, that's how you would hunt. You would cross country ski and then you would hunt. So they would turn that into an event. Like just like the marathon is 
is about a famous messenger's foot race to mm-hmm. deliver news. You know, those are actual running routes based on those. The modern Olympiad has these events that are rooted in history that probably is not a, a part of current tradition as much. So they just seem odd. And the biathlon mm-hmm. definitely fits that bill. Yeah. But that makes me think, and this comes to a core reason why I think that the Summer Olympics might have the edge overall oh, on the Winter Olympics. Oh, boy. That is, the biathlon is a great example. All these skiing events are great examples. Even, you know, ice hockey and figure skating, even though they're done in indoor rinks and arenas, mm-hmm. the Summer Olympics can be played all over the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are, these are events that can be mastered in many places all over the world. The, uh, the Winter Olympics seems so specific to one specific part of one continent or two continents, I guess, which is people who live in Alpine areas in Europe and people who live in the Rocky Mountains in the United States and other people like it's so geographically specific. It's that there's something that feels more egalitarian about the Summer Olympics. It feels more equitable for the whole world. Like the Winter Olympics feel like something that Norway made up because they don't get enough Olympic (laughs) because they don't get enough gold medals in the Summer Olympics. Like, (laughs) why don't we? Hey, why don't we have an Olympic that we're going to make an Olympics for? Uh, going down snowy mountains. And then yes. the rest of the world is like, we don't have those. And they're like, but that's okay. We're going to win all the gold. Yes. What else are we good at? <laughs> Do you want to throw a stone down the ice and then I push a broom? Yeah. Like it okay, took- that's a thing. <laughs> now what else? Uh, no how bad about- ideas in a brainstorm. Uh, are there multiple ways we can just push someone down a mountain? Yes. Sometimes they can just go down real fast. And then other times, where am I from again? <laughs> I feel like I'm a target into a father of Greedar Sadducci. You know what I mean? Yeah. Though, like the the Winter Olympics feels very. It feels it feels like it was made up by whoever was going to have the most advantage to it. Like if I came into the room and I was like, "Hey, Hal, let's play a game mm-hmm. for fifty dollars called Who Knows More About Me." I'm just going to walk it. out. I'm going to walk out of the game with 50 bucks. I'll do it, but you better not cheat. <laughs> no, that's wrong. Can we at least agree that the slalom would be made better if you could mic up the skier so you could hear him going <laughs> as they were going down the hill? Cause that's, uh, they're, they're, they're doing the, the speed walk of skiing. <laughs> they're going, I think you should mic them up. You should mic them up. And then as soon as uh, the gun goes off and they start going down the hill, that's when the interview starts. <laughs> well, I've been training really hard around the offseason yeah. and I was really hoping to do well with these milk with a rare tough course. I'm really trying together and the snow was packed with links and a lot slicker. There's a real opportunity for all of us to get hurt, but we all could be come through and we just want to do our best. And finish line. Hello, I'm Bob Costas. I'm also Bob. I'm Bob, what are you doing up there, Bob? This is how I want to go. I'm coming for you, big pile of skeletons. Uh, what do you think, though? I feel like the Winter Olympics are inherently more dangerous because people are flying off of high things. People are shooting down ice tubes. Even though, I, you know, I watched Cool Runnings. It wasn't easy for that first Jamaican bobsled team. They were getting hurt. Does it even that yeah. get her? Hey, we're going to put you in a metal tube and just like your sort of head parts are going to be sticking out. And if it turns over, uh, better hope your neck is strong. Do a lot then of your head workouts. parts become Flintstone feet. 
<laughs> and they just propel the thing down the rest of the way. Yeah, that's right. You have to learn how to how to <laughs> manipulate your head to keep running and make it fast. At that point, it's just wacky races. Now that I would love as an event, Olympic event. <laughs> like your your weird sort of uh your weird super specific genre based vehicle that you craft yourself just g- have it be the first one to get to Topeka Muttley with this rocket powered wagon will be sure to win the bobsled <laughs> that is so weirdly uncanny <laughs> oh you should hear my Wilhelm scream <sighs> Can you unplug your uh, headphones again? Yeah, yeah, real quick. Go ahead. Okay, also, can you unplug your mic? Mm-hmm. Yeah, real quick. Great. <laughs> oh, I just did the best Wilhelm scream and nobody heard it. Uh, see, I heard it from uh, from my brain be just because uh, I know you. And that's how good you are, my friend. You know how good it is. Thank you. Yeah, it's really oh. impressive. All right. What other what other angles do we need to come at this from? Like the the fairness angle, I think, is a big thing. Not necessarily mm. fairness, but like, come on, Winter Olympics. Most of the world doesn't have ski lifts like that <laughs> we also don't have horses but you can but anybody can play soccer anybody can run a foot race against each other anybody can uh you know what i mean like that they're saying feels, it's more the sports of the of the summer olympics by and large yes. are more accessible to anybody because they can be played with uh, with little to no equipment uh yes i would yeah that's what and I'm that, saying. That is excluding a large swath of events, of course, but not as many as you would eliminate if you were doing the same thing with with skiing. I mean, you could, I guess, with with all of the Winter Olympics, or with uh, the Winter Olympics. My mistake. What Winter Olympic sport can kids just pick up and do in the backyard? Um, you could do, um, <laughs> get a trash can lid. Go on. Slide down a snowy hill. <laughs> it has to be snowy. Into a pile of skeletons. Oh, oh my gosh. Street skeleton. You guys, street skeleton is going to be huge yeah. and it's going to kill more people than Oh, Tide by Pods. the way, is the pile of skeletons all your friends that went street? <laughs> what was that called? Was it street skeleton? Is that what you did? Uh, turtling. Turtling. Yeah, turtling yeah. is when you sit on a roller R. racer R. and go down hills. Yeah, that amazing. sounds like it. With a car. Uh, the car, car follows you. The, the car, car is follows you. The car follows you because they're your headlights because you have to do it at like three in the morning because it's illegal. And but you Wait, need there to be no cars. That sounds like a winter sport if ever there was one. <laughs> Taking your life into your hands. Except just driving down a snowy mountain. Driving down a snowy mountain. Yeah, that's what it is. Someone. That's that's what it is. You get. That's the newest Olympic. You know what? We're just throwing all caution to the wind and out the door. Uh, you've got skeleton. You've got luge. You've got bobsled. Now you have drive an old uh, Toyota Tundra with one headlight just down the side of a mountain. One headlight. <laughs> I'm so grateful to have you in my life for many reasons. And I'm glad you're still oh, here. Oh, dear, buddy. I'm glad you're still here knowing the things that you've done and continue <laughs> to do. I don't know that you're not turtling right I'd after go tur- I'd go turtling in a heartbeat. Of course you would. Go yeah. like, mm, see if I remember how this goes. <laughs> All right. All right, Lombard Street. Here we go. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> well, Bob, I think that I've been training for this for a long time. <laughs> All right, we've looked at the we've looked at some of the things that America is a powerhouse in. Mm-hmm. We've looked at uh, some of the great crazy sports uh, that they each have. 
we've looked at the uh, the global elements of it. Let's look at the history of it. Well, what do we summer, know? Summer Olympics are, predate the Winter Olympics. Okay, that's a short one. <laughs> um, there are a lot of weird events in both that no longer exist. There was a time where the Summer Olympics they had an arts division, so they gave out for art, music, uh, architecture. They gave out medals for that. There was also you could get an Olympic gold medal in music. Yeah. Also, I think this was a. I think this might have been golfing that somebody came in off the street. This is like the first four summer games. Somebody mm-hmm. was there to attend and then got entered into the event and won the gold medal. I believe that was <laughs> golf. It may have been tennis, but pretty it, fantastic. Yeah, you have the story of the runner from I forget what nation he is from who won. The marathon in 1960, I believe, without wearing shoes. He went shoeless because that was how he ran. And he um, won the marathon. He won the marathon. I think he won multiple golds in the marathon. But that, I mean, that is what's notable about it is that he ran them barefoot and still and still won. Well, that's the old tradition of it is, mm-hmm. you know, back in the ancient Greek times there, they didn't have, you know, good sneakers and they wrestled naked. But also that leads me to the summer, like the Olympic Games are based on the classic Greek games, yeah. right? That were held for hundreds of years. Yes. And then reintroduced. It feels like that is what the Olympics are. The Winter Olympics, feel, like it should, like, if you were going to call it, if one of them got to have the moniker of the Olympics, I think it would be the Summer Games. I think you would have the Olympics and then you would have the Winter Olympics, almost like the Olympics Annex. Yes, it has grown to be a similarly sized thing. But I think that when I think of the Olympics, I think of the summer Olympics. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's the answer. I think it is the summer Olympics as great as the winter Olympics are. And we should all enjoy. Absolutely. We should enjoy all all of it. Enjoy all the Olympics people of the world. But when you get into a debate about whether the winter or summer is better, the summer Olympics wins. For, for a variety of reasons. Number one is the heritage. Number two is, I think, and if I'm wrong, I would be thrilled to be wrong, is that in the Summer Olympics, you're a little bit, you're a little bit more likely to find a, a little bit more gender diversity, like the archery. They have, they had men and women competing. I mean, there's still, we still have a ways to go, as has been proved this past summer, but it feels like, it feels like there are more women's events that are more likely to see women competing in the same sports as men even if they're different divisions in the in the summer games and maybe again mm-hmm. that's recency bias but that is in addition to all of the things that makes the summer olympics better than the winter olympics so you can have your own fun olympics in your backyard even if it's a little cold out you can have the summer olympics if it's a little cold out if it's too warm out the winter olympics are real rough because then the snow <laughs> starts to melt you have to have the snow machines brought in you have to regulate temperature yeah, and if it goes, if it dips too low, then all of that bobsled and skull and or uh, skeleton skull bobsled and skull is in the Summer Olympics. Bobsled and skeleton and uh, and luge, you would really just be going down water slides instead of ice shoots at that point. Come to me, right down the hill. Oh faster. no, is that pile of skeletons becoming sentient? <clears throat> no, it's me, Bob Costas. Oh gosh. <laughs> I messed up my esophagus going down the moguls and it just healed itself. Anyway, I'm here to report that the Summer Olympics are better than the Winter Olympics. And that is asked and answered. Back to you, Mark and Hal. 
Well, thanks, Bob Costas. That topic is closed, but there are many more topics to discuss. So please reach out to us on Twitter at We Got This Tweets or you can email us at We Got This Podcast at gmail.com or go to our Facebook group. Talk about the Olympic moments and Olympic events that you love because let's turn this into a love fest, even though we had to pit these Olympics against one another. There's no reason we can't celebrate them both over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash we got this podcast thank you to producer ken plume researcher kate mcmanus graphic designer uri kelman and qa engineer jen alba and thanks of course to our musicians jonathan dinerstein and mike Furman for our score and theme song respectively and of course thanks to john williams for his olympic themes and to you the people of the world for giving us a chance to spend a lovely sunday afternoon and the few minutes before it wondering what the topic would be and then just have a little fun with Hal for a little while. You're a blast and you're the reason we do this. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For Hal Loveland, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Loveland. Don't worry, everybody. We We got got this. this. We got this. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.